When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Dribble, lets it fly. He throws it! FNTSY and Sports Grid Network present. Ball in his hands. Game on the line. Buddy, no. Tipped up by Ned. Hit the horn! Hardwood takeaways. It's Lillard. He got the shot off. Welcome in, friends, to another edition of Hardwood Takeaways right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Chris Welsh. You can find me on Twitter at Is It the Welsh, and of course, the other co-host of this show, Scott Bogman, on Twitter at Bogman Sports. It is the November twelfth edition of Hardwood Takeaways, and we're recapping a lot of the action that went down on November eleventh. Though plenty of games to talk about. Probably the biggest walk away was some of the injury news that we got, and it was kind of threefold. First. Gordon Hayward officially out six weeks after having hand surgery. One of the bigger blows that you know nobody wanted to see after multiple years of the comeback trying to get right. This year he finally looked good, but then on Monday he had to have a, or had a successful surgery to repair a broken fourth metacarpal bone in his left hand. None of that sounds good. None of it whatsoever. Kimba Walker and team they're going to pick up the slack, but at least we now know where we're at with Gordon Hayward. It's not season devastating like what we assumed it was going to be with Steph Curry. Contrary to that, 
Steph Curry came out and says he expects to play this season, which is probably on the opposite end of what anybody um, expects still, regardless of the comments. Broke his hand on October 30th. The expectation is that he was going to be out for three months. Most speculate with where the Warriors are at. You're probably not going to fully expect him to play this season, but he says the opposite. He says, as part of the rehab, I have to get a second procedure done at the beginning of December, probably and remove some of the pins that are in there currently. So the swelling is going to be something that's the utmost priority early in the rehab process to give me a chance to come back and get my range of motion back pretty quickly. So travel is not in the cards, so he's not going to be out there. Uh, But hopefully when the new year hits, I'll be able to be on the road and and progress quickly in the terms of things that I can do on the court, in the weight room, all that type of stuff, and be around the team as much as I can. So he's not walking away. He plans to try to get in this season. What's interesting is, you know, Clay Thompson wants to do the same thing. I'm going to expect still, regardless of those very positive comments from Steph Curry, maybe you have a game or two, maybe a week or at most towards the back end of the season. But for this team to press, for Steph Curry to press, for Clay Thompson to press in the current situation that they're in, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But you're getting positive comments from Steph Curry. You're getting an outlook for Gordon Hayward. Those two things you can take to the bank. The one that nobody expected and nobody wanted was De'Aaron Fox. Another of the big dogs going down for the Kings. De'Aaron Fox is going to be out three to four weeks after spraining his ankle in practice. Practice? We're talking about practice? He had an MRI on that injured injured ankle on Monday, diagnosed with a left ankle sprain. That's the official diagnosis. So most likely out until mid-December. Early December would be a really positive outcome, but it's kind of a blow to the Kings and blow to basketball in general. Last thing on the planet we should be doing right now, me or anybody should be sitting here talking to you about, hey, it's early November, no Steph Curry, we've got no Gordon Hayward, no De'Aaron Fox, Anthony Davis's shoulder is bothering him, hopefully Victor Oladipo comes back. Come on, it's the last thing we want from the NBA right now. But those are your injury updates, for better or for worse, with Steph Curry to Gordon Hayward to De'Aaron Fox. A little bit of a setback in the NBA, but nothing we can't get through. But we did have a good slate of games, so let's get to those here. We've got a few in progress as I am recording this bad boy with you, but we've got some that are finalized, and we'll take a look at those. So let's go kick over and uh, talking about injuries. We get the season debut, the return of Blake Griffin as the Wolves battled it out with the Pistons on Monday night. But it wasn't enough. Blake Griffin was not enough. As the T-Wolves won 120 to 114, Blake Griffin in his debut was able to get 24 minutes in with 6 for 12 from the field, hit a 3, 6 for 8 from free throw, scoring 19.7 rebounds, 6 assists. Kind of right back into old school Blake Griffin. You also had Derrick Rose back in. Not as as positive of a night. 3 for 13 in 20 minutes. 0 for 2 from 3. Only 6 points, 3 rebounds, 5 assists. Did have a couple steals and no turnovers, which is good. Luke Kennard played 40 minutes, 8 for 17, hit 4 threes, scoring 25 points with 7 rebounds. And uh, Andre Drummond, 11 for 12 with 4 steals and 3 blocks. Really odd night, but only 4 for 12 from the field. That is the opposite of what they need from Andre Drummond. They need him to be high efficiency in the low post. We need you know 8 for 10 nights, 10 for 12 nights. He's still hitting his free throws, three for three, which is a big positive. Had a double-double. Blake Griffin is going to eat into you know, the offensive production, rebounds a little bit when he's in there. 24 minutes, pretty good from Blake. Off the bench, Langston Galloway scored 18 in 25 minutes off the bench. And Morris, 10.6 rebounds with a couple assists in 24 minutes. The team as a whole, 44, just about 45% from the field. 16 for 32, 50% from three. 
80% free throw. Relatively efficient night for the Pistons, scoring 30 points in each of the uh, second half quarters, but they were outscored 41-26 to to get the game going. Even though the T-Wolves didn't score 30 points in any other quarter, that little lead in the beginning set a really good tone for the rest of the night. Carl Anthony Towns... Uh, in 30 minutes, was 10 for 17 from the field, 25 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Andrew Wiggins, 12 for 20, 33 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. Big night from him. Rob Covington, big old Bob, 10 points, 4 rebounds, 2 for 7 from 3. And uh, on the bench, Lehman, 16 points, 2 rebounds in 33 minutes. Jared Culver's also, though this was like a... A low output night, seven points, two rebounds, two assists in 23 minutes. He's been kind of a welcome addition off the bench. This team, you know, their their starting lineups usually are solid looking. You know, there's no Jeff Teague in this one. But, you know, when you're putting out uh, Bob Covington, Wiggins, Towns, Teague, you're in a good spot. They need bench help. And Culver has been that. And I fully expect Jared Culver to kick it into higher gear as the season goes on. He's one of those second half, like, you know, you have some of these rookies right now that are having some really good outputs at the beginning of the year. But what you've got to watch out for is the second half when these guys have a real workload put under them and how, you know, how much do they kind of break down a guy like Culver coming off the bench, having, you know, limited ish minutes. I think he could be an impactful player on the second half of the year as a team. They shot 50 and a half percent from the field, 44% from three and 78%, just about 79% from free throw. It was enough as they moved to six and four on the season. The Pistons are now four and seven, three and three at home. Uh, but they do have Blake Griffin back and they have a healthy ish Derek Rose to move forward with. Uh, the Celtics, who we told you about, who are going to be Gordon Hayward list for the next six weeks, they won 116 to 106 against the Mavericks. Now eight and one on the season, four and oh at home. Boston just totally okay with Hayward, regardless of all that. Uh, on the uh, Mavericks side, Porzingis. Benched late in the game. Didn't didn't blame Carlisle either. Interesting conversation there. Only played 20 minutes. Was a dreadful one for 11 from the field. Ooh, four points, five rebounds and assists. And a nasty, not the worst, by the way. Luka Doncic had a negative 17. But Porzingis in only 20 minutes had a negative 15 plus minus. Where Doncic in 34 minutes had a negative 17. No bueno. Uh, Doncic, by the way, 34.6 rebounds, nine assists, was 11 for 21 from the field, hit three of 10 threes. Uh, Kyber hit four of eight threes in 33 minutes, scoring 15 points with eight rebounds. Nice welcome there. Seth Curry, the only Curry currently playing in 21 minutes, was one for six from the field, only scoring two points. Off the bench, Dwight Powell played 30 minutes, scoring 12 points, five rebounds, three assists. A very efficient six for seven from the field. And Brunson, 12.7 rebounds in 27 minutes off the bench. The team, a not so great field goal percentage, just under 42%, but a dreadful 11 for 46 from three, 26% from three. Uh, on the Celtics end, Kimba Walker, he's got you covered. 29 points, five for five uh, rebounds and assists, that is. Nine for 17 from the field, hit eight threes in this game, put up 14 of them. As a whole, the team shot 35 he put up 14 of those. Marcus Smart talked about picking up the workload as uh, Gordon Hayward is out. He did that, scoring 17 points with six assists, six for nine from the field in 37 minutes. Jalen Brown, big old double-double night, 25 points, 11 rebounds, and three assists. Jason Tatum might, though, and I'm telling you all the positives, you know, Jalen Brown, really good. Marcus Smart picking up the slack. Kimba Walker doing what he's doing, eight threes. Jason Tatum might have had one of the worst uh, shooting performances I've seen that I can recall. One for 18 from the field. One for 18. Five points, eight rebounds, four assists. So he did do a little bit 
in the 35 minutes, 35 minutes, he was one for 18. So essentially, I don't know, every two minutes he was missing a shot is where he was at. Uh, He did have a couple free throws in there, so he wasn't a complete albatross, but it wasn't a great night. But again, the Boston Celtics, they're built around, you know, it's not about the one player, it's the whole. You know, the one player does not destroy what the Celtics are. So whether they lose Gordon Hayward or Jason Tatum shoots one for 18, the rest of the guys can pick up the slack. They were able to keep their field goal efficiency still around 48%, 43% from three, and 19 for 25 from free throw. And as I said, Boston Celtics now 8-1 and one on the season as the Mavericks 6-4, and four, but a very nice 4-1 and one on the road. So Mavericks still getting some good work done here. Uh, Spurs at the Grizzlies. The Spurs were hosting the Grizzlies, and they took the L. Grizzlies won 113 to 109. Grizzlies came out banging with a 35 point first quarter to San Antonio's 22. Uh, Memphis did have two quarters, only scoring 22 points. That was the second and fourth quarter, but over 34 points in the first and the third quarter to uh, be able to take that victory, 113 to 109. On the Spurs end, they were led by Lamarcus Aldridge, 19 points, four rebounds, three assists, and a couple steals in 33 minutes. DeRozan had a poorish night. In 35 minutes, only 6 for 15 from the field. Had 7 rebounds, 7 assists, but only 12 points and a couple turnovers. Forbes was trying to pick up some of the slack, but was only 5 for 12 in 28 minutes with 14 points. There really wasn't enough offense to go. They were relying on the bench, where Rudy Gay off the bench played 27 minutes, scoring 18 points with 8 rebounds. And Derek White had 15 points with 5 assists, but 5 for 13 from the field. Amazingly, they still kept right around 47% from the field, but only 40% from 3. Over on the Grizzlies then, Jaron Jackson Jr. back into the scoring action. 24 points in 38 minutes on a 10-for-17 night. Also hit four threes. Six rebounds, five assists, a steal and a block. A little bit of everything, or as I would say, a stuff and things night. Ja Morant had a very poorish night. I mean, he didn't put up a Jason Tatum, but he was only 2-for-12 from the field. Nine points, four rebounds, three assists. But Jonas Valanciunas... I really like this idea in this rotation of putting Valanchunas and Jaron Jackson out there. Valanchunas was 18 points, 12 rebounds with a couple blocks, 9 for 12 from the field. So Jackson and Valanchunas were combined, what is this, 19 for 29. Very, very good. Uh, Jay Crowder, 8 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists in the starting lineup. And off the bench, Brandon Clark continues, continues to be an efficient monster in only 18 minutes, scored 14 points, eight rebounds with an assist with six for seven from the field, 50% from the field, only 39% from three, 70% free throw, but it was enough for the Grizzlies to get that lead. They're only three and seven, and they were able to uh, push the Spurs to a 500 record, five and five, and really an amazing four for three home court, if you will, for the uh, San Antonio Spurs. Bogman's Houston Rockets, they went into New Orleans. They were able to take it down. Now 7-3 and three as they win 122 to the 2-8 and eight New Orleans Pelicans. They scored 116 points. Over on the Pelicans side, they were without Brandon Ingram still. Derek Favors, 13 points, 12 rebounds with three steals, two, uh, three assists, two steals, and two blocks in 29 minutes. Not quite done. J.J. Redick scored 24 points with three assists. Hit seven threes, seven for 15 from the arc. Uh, Drew Holiday, 18 points, 9 rebounds, 11 assists, just missed a triple-double. Also did have 6 turnovers and was only 6 for 21 from the field. A very Porsche 0 for 7 from 3. Off the bench, Etwan Moore scored 14 points. Jaleel Okafor scored 14 with 5 rebounds in 16 minutes. Team could not shoot the 3. Pretty Porsche in the field goal and only 74% from 3. That's going to get you to a 2-8 to an eight record. Over on the Rockets and Russell Westbrook, 26 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 steals. What I hate to see, 
If you're going to be the off-ball guard, is please don't turn the ball over six times. I'm trying to make my argument to everybody why Russell Westbrook is better in Houston. Not when you're turning the ball over still six times. He was 11 for 21 from the field, only one for eight from three. Not that much better with James Harden. Westbrook and Harden combined for four for 19 from the arc. But Harden did play 38 minutes, scored 39 points, four rebounds, nine assists with two steals, hit those three threes. The rest of the starters, uh, Clint Capella was five for six in 36 minutes, 11 points, 20 rebounds, 15 defensive with a couple blocks. And uh, P.J. Tucker, 10 points, seven rebounds. Eric Gordon off the bench, hit four threes, was four for seven, 30 minutes, scoring 17 points. So the team ended up being 12 for 41 from three, but over oh, just about 52% from the field. That's going to get it done every day of the week, and that is why the Rockets are seven and three. Over to the games that are still in progress for me. Uh, that you guys know the end of. We can go and take a look at some of the performances. Utah Jazz, they are handing it to the Golden State Warriors, so I feel it's uh, relatively fair to say that the Utah Jazz are going to walk out of this one with a win, as I'm looking at it with about seven minutes left, 107-91. to On Golden State's front, you got Draymond Green back, only 4.7 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 for 7 from the field as I'm seeing this. D'Angelo Russell, he is carrying the team, 31 points, with seven minutes left in 28 minutes, 13 for 23, hitting five threes so far with five assists. The rest of the the rest of the lineup has pretty much been piecemealed. Pools in the starting lineup with 11 points, five rebounds off the bench. You've got Pascal with eight points, Alec Burke with 10 points. I mean, the team is just they're not they can't hit the three. They're they're uh, they're lost, which is unfortunate. Nine for 28 uh, with seven minutes left to go. 32 percent from three, under 50 percent from the field. Have only shot, and this is this is a key to not having those guys that demand attention and are going to generate fouls. They've only shot eight free throws. Eight free throws going into the final minutes of the fourth quarter. That's atrocious. Uh, on the Utah Jazz front, you got a couple guys, three guys, in fact, in the starting lineup with 20-plus points. Rudy Gobert, 20-10 and 10 with a couple blocks. Mike Conley, 20 with six assists. And Donovan Mitchell, 21-7-4 and four. All in that range. Bogdanovich has got 12. And then off the bench, you've got Green with 12 and Moutier with 11 and 4. The team is over 50% from both three and field goal and 82% from free throw. 23 attempts they've made to the eight that Golden State has. So that's uh, ultimately Golden State's problem and why December 15th is a very key date for D'Angelo Russell. And if you're asking what that is, that is the moment that the Golden State Warriors can trade D'Angelo Russell because it's not getting any better for the Warriors. The other game is the Clippers and the Raptors. This is a much closer one as I'm going through here. Uh, the Clippers currently up with seven minutes left to go. 86-82. Pascal Siakam, not necessarily touching on a triple-double, but 14 points, nine rebounds, six assists. Uh, Powell's got 15. Van Vliet has got 12 and eight assists. Only five for 15 from the field, though. Boucher's got 11 points with four rebounds off the bench. As does Rondé Hollis-Jefferson might pull up a double-double here. Nine points and nine rebounds in 26 minutes. Pretty poor percentages. I mean, 3.44% is pretty good, but only 60% from free throw. 46 for uh, from the field for Toronto. Over on the Clippers' end, you've got Kawhi Leonard with only seven points in 28 minutes. One for nine from the field. So if the Clippers lose, that's something you're going to go back and look at. Uh, six rebounds, eight assists, three steals with seven turnovers in the ballgame. Zubak, Samet, and Beverly, with under seven minutes left to go, are combined for 18 total points. Now, they also combined for 20, what would that be, 21 rebounds? So that's not bad between them. 
but it's all coming off the bench, the rest of the production, as it usually is. Montrezl Harrell, 12-9, and nine, and uh, Lou Williams, 21-4-4 four and four in 30 minutes. Only 22% from three-point, and they've shot 35 of them. Ooh, eight for 35 from three. So Clippers slowly moving up on this, taking a lead. So if they do, they would advance to 7-3, and three, and the Toronto Raptors are currently 7-2. and two. They would go to 7-3, and three, or you can flip it. However, that goes down. That, my friends, though, is our look over at Monday, 11-11's edition of uh, the NBA. Bogman's got you covered coming up here later in the day for the next edition of uh, NBA Takeaways, breaking you through all of November 12th's games. Until then, friendos, this is Hardwood Takeaways. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you can bear through without any Gordon Hayward in your life. Some De'Aaron Fox. Don't take the stars away. Just don't take Devin Booker away from us. That's what I ask. Don't take Devin Booker and Ja Morant. That's what I need the rest of the season. Uh, but you get more hardwood takeaways tomorrow with Bogman. You can find me on Twitter at Is It The Welsh. Friends, have a great one, and we'll talk some more hoops with you tomorrow right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Open a limited time 11 month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.orgslash CD for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.